Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and a relatively warm welcome to issue 4021 of the Bugle, the world's predominant vestibulary of glunder talk. I claim that title. No one else has, so it is ours. I'm Andy Zaltzman, the 21st century British Arminio di Battialucci. Who is here, you ask? Yes, exactly. And I am live in London, the capital of the former United Kingdom, now the capital of the... Still waiting to get the name change formalised, but that is basically what we are becoming. And joining me for this issue for the week beginning Monday, the 20th of March 2017, it is the world record holder... For most syllables in a surname by a Bugle co-host. Um, although he's only that because John Oliver, the previous record holder, never used his full quadruple-barreled birth surname of Oliver Khomeini Garincha Drump. <laughs> Sorry, that was never supposed to come out, was it? Sorry. Um, anyway, has a fascinating family history. Shame we never talked about it when we had the chance. Uh, it is the quadrisyllabic quipster himself, Hari Kondabolu! Hello, Andy. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. It's St. Patrick's Day here. It's St. Patrick's Day there as well, right? That's a holiday that's celebrated in both of our countries? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. You can't, you can't move for, for people dressed as snakes running right. away. <laughs> well, I find the history of St. Patrick's Day fascinating because, you know, the, the myth is that St. Patrick got rid of all the snakes from Ireland by, uh, by getting them drunk and pushing them off a cliff, hence the massive drinking. <laughs> I don't know how the vomiting fits in but uh, and the dying of the river's green, but certainly that should explain the drinking. I also like St. Patrick's Day because uh, do you have this expression, everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day? Yes, I, yes. I think it's fascinating yeah. because, you know, the Irish... Uh, in America, became white around the 1800s or so. Um, so that means that we all get to be white for a day, which is fascinating because ba- I mean, no one's tried this, but you you should be able to commit tons of crimes and get away with it today. Like today would be your day, and I would suggest don't go with the petty theft. All right, go with right. the money laundering, the embezzling. Like, go for the big money. You have the day. You have the whole day. Maybe stop drinking around noon and start uh, thinking about white-collar crime. Right. You've got to... I mean, that's the key. The co- the colour of the collar is absolutely key <laughs> in, your, in, your, in the crime there. Uh, that, well, the, the, the dying river's green. They do that in Chicago, don't they? They do that... Is that just a Chicago thing, or...? I mean, in New York, uh, they're green, but I don't think it has anything to do with St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> right. What I mean is that just what some kind of your fungal infection yeah. in the river? Or what? Yeah, the usual <laughs> B- right. bodies b- being thrown into the river after mafia hits. You know, whatever that leads to. Right. Okay. I mean, does a body give off a particular green substance after it's been after it's been the recipient of a mafia hit rather than any other form of slaying? Is that? I mean, does that look? I'm no expert on the matter. I just say things okay, from my right. mouth and hope that they might be right for the hour. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's basically how, I mean, that's the path of top-level politics in America these days, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? So, you know. So, yes, I'm right. Those are facts. That yep. is correct. If you say they're facts, we cannot argue with you, Harry. <laughs> uh, but also, uh, snakes, snake juice is green, isn't it? That's why, uh, so I guess maybe St. Patrick did a trial run of uh, drowning snakes in a river before S- drowning, chucking snake them Snake juice is green? What, what color is their blood? Do they have blood? They must have blood. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if... 
I don't know if snakes have blood. I mean, science has never investigated that. <laughs> oh. Harry, I should explain. Andy has this weird thing where he can't tell the difference between snakes and kiwi fruit. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to bring that up then. Well, they, they do share well, about 1% of the same DNA, I think. <laughs> I'm terrified of both. <laughs> Snake, I don't know about... I mean, no one knows if snakes have blood. That's not the kind of thing that you can possibly discover. But on my, uh, my stag do many years ago with uh, the aforementioned John Oliver uh, and uh, a couple of other friends... There was a heated debate that did involve money changing hands in a bet over whether or not snakes have lungs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I mean, that's, that's the kind of level of science we operate at in Britain. So this is Bugle 4021. Coincidentally, 4021, the number of diners who rated their meal average, below average or poor at the feeding of the 5,000, according to recently discovered customer satisfaction survey results unearthed at an archaeological dig in the Sea of Galilee region. Complaints included, quote, disappointingly bland, unoriginal, unadventurous, hackneyed fish and bread recipe, uh, seriously small portions, that was quite a common complaint, and also someone who wrote, if you weren't sitting near the front, you were lucky if your meal was even lukewarm, and uh, even and if Luke, the gospel hack from the press box, hadn't kept the food huddled inside his tunic, it wouldn't have even been that, and that is the origin of the term lukewarm. That's, um, that's it's basically the body temperature of a gospel writer. Um <laughs> <laughs> 4, 000, we start with a lot of facts in this show. I don't know if we can keep it up. Oh, God. <laughs> 4,021. 4, also, coincidentally, the number of times since the 24th of June 2016 that former Prime Minister David Cameron has woken up at night in the middle of a dream about being physically assaulted by a Cumberland sausage, a baguette and a souvlaki. Read into that what you want. And, um, coincidentally, the number of consecutive games of who's the biggest tool in this conversation, won by former UKIP leader Nigel Farage before his famous meeting with Donald Trump last year. As always, a section of the Bugle is going uh, straight in the bin, a couple of sections in the bin this week. Uh, gardening! Uh, I'm not sure we've ever had a gardening section in the bin <laughs> on the Bugle, but uh, this week, um, shouting at flowers, does it make them grow quicker? Does your shrub hate you? How to deal with a bereaved dandelion after you've just mowed the head off its best friend. And we also review the latest range of Wi-Fi-enabled bird tables that allow birds to nibble at some seeds whilst checking Google Maps for up-to-date winds and traffic information on their migration paths. Also, we look at the latest must-have accessories for your garden this week. Mud. We advise you where to put it, under your grass or all over the patio. You decide. And uh, also in this section, I'm in a free, we're giving away a free audio garden accessory. Choose from one of the following, a singing bird, a wind chime, an escaped tiger, or a scarecrow muddy waters. And also in the bin... Uh, an exclusive interview with Andy Zaltzman, the British comedian and heartthrob, about his forthcoming jaunt to the Southern Hemisphere, where he will, of course, be performing at the Melbourne Comedy Festival from the 30th of March to the 23rd of April, except Mondays, plus those two Bugle live shows on the 16th and 23rd, then to the Sydney Comedy Festival from the 24th to the 27th, and the New Zealand Comedy Festival in Auckland on the 28th and 29th, and Wellington on the 30th now, uh, that's a new date, and the 1st of May before returning north to resume his UK tour uh, tour with gigs in Crawley, Warwick, Exeter, Birmingham, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Newcastle, Chorley, Cambridge, Oxford and Reading. 
All of which, of course, prefigure a two-week reboot of Satirist for Hire at the Edinburgh Festival in August. And I must say, it's a truly fascinating in- interview. I asked Zaltzman on whose website, andyzaltzman.co.uk, you can find details of the aforementioned How am I doing with crowbarring in these plugs? I have noticed. Right, OK. Uh, I asked him uh, exactly, and we'll have a few little uh, snippets before we chat this in the bin, exactly why he's still doing stand-up. Uh, why am I still doing stand-up? Uh, good question, Andy. Well, really, it's the only life I know. Uh, I couldn't hack it as a wrestler, and they won't let me be a surgeon without qualifying, and the tin mines are all shut down, so I just don't have any choice. I asked Andy whether it's time he settled down and get a, got a proper job. I'm only 42. Let me work out what I want to do with my life. Uh, when he thinks he might be ready to appear on a topical TV panel show... Oh, to be honest, I'm nowhere near that level yet, uh, Andy. I need another 10 to 15 years. You have to be a comedic Michelangelo and a Harvard-level polymath to even have a chance. And the frustrations of being judged on his clothes, looks and body, rather than his art. Oh, look, there's nothing I can do about that, Andy. You can't fight human biology. Plus, finally I ask him about the lifestyle of an acquired-taste comedian who's never really come close to cracking the big time. I f***ing love my shed. God, I love my shed. <laughs> Unfortunately, that interview uh, has gone in the bin. Shame, it was a very very good interview. Awkward guy to talk to, I found. Um, and uh, wears very strange clothes. Top story this week. Dutch right wing loses election. Stroopwafel prices are not impacted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the big story uh, out of the, uh, the Netherlands, uh, other than the Stroopwafel deal, um, is that um, <laughs> the uh, the far right wing did not win the majority in the elections? Um, you know, this is the party Hooray. of Mr. Wilders, their party for freedom uh, party, which is uh, ironically titled. However, the uh, conservatives still won, which I find fascinating because it's not like it, it was like a like a liberal takeover. It was just the not as bad party won. Which I suppose <laughs> if you get your leg amputated or fear amputation, gangrene sounds pretty good. <laughs> so the gangrene party won. Yeah, I mean, this uh, Francois Hollande, the French uh, president, said it was a clear victory against extremism. Uh, but as you say, the, the Conservatives won. And Wilder still came second, I think 19 seats. Um, and on a continent such as Europe, Hari, and... Well, we, we've had a, a few brushes with extremism that have not always turned out 100% happily, it's fair to say. For me, that victory was not quite clear enough uh, for comfort. Uh, Angela Merkel uh, hailed a good day for democracy, and that just shows how out of form democracy has been, that Wilders coming second and the Labour Party disintegrating like a poorly made pavlova lobbed out of the window of a space shuttle as it re-enters the Earth's atmosphere is, is seen, as, <laughs> a, seen as a good a good day. I mean, relatively, there have been some worse days. But it, I, I'm finding it hard to get... But there's a sense of relief, but also a sense of foreboding. I'm not sure this is... I mean, this is, is this a turning point or a, a, a dead cat bounce for, uh, I guess, the forces of conducting politics like you're not a massive c- Hate is really um, easy. It's a fun emotion. Um, <laughs> it allows for yelling and an adre- adrenaline rush. Uh, that's hard to beat. It's hard to beat hate. As somebody who, right. who uh, you know, has dabbled in it right. in my younger years. Can you not use those, those same, you know, shouting... 
uh, to express love as well. I mean, it's I mean, it's not a classic seduction technique. Is it? <laughs> I loved you. <laughs> My heart is empty without you. Why won't you fucking <laughs> understand that? <laughs> there have been a lot of concerns about the Netherlands politically, really, Hari, ever since their horrific display of intolerance towards Spanish footballers in the 2010 <laughs> Football World Cup final, in which they treated the opposing Spain eleven uh, as if they themselves, the Dutch squad, were a, uh, were, a, were a team of xenophobic kickboxers told to patrol their borders at any cost. <laughs> any country that could produce the football of Mark van Bommel the world was trembling to itself that day. Could probably go in hard and go in rogue at a, at a general election. And when people, we, people genuinely terrified that Wilders could become, you know, become king of Holland, uh, essentially. Um, a bit more detail on him, uh, as you say, his party is called uh, in the uh, the Dutch is called Partij voor de Vrijheid, which translates. You, you got it wrong, actually. It actually translates as Party for the Heads. Oh, uh, formerly. <laughs> Formerly known as the CCCC, the Cavalcade of Card Carrying. <laughs> uh, they finished uh, with uh, 19 seats uh, for the sake of uh, democratic balance. We should mention some of the uh, the other parties. Uh, on the left side of the orange, the Grun Links or Green Left, they won 14 MPs out of 150. Uh, their leader, Jesse Clover, has an interesting background. He's only existed for a, a few months. He emerged from nowhere after someone got drunk at an office party whilst reading about Canadian politics. <laughs> and accidentally sent Justin Trudeau's Wikipedia page to a 3D printer. Um, and uh, also we had the uh, the Party Vodadieren. That's the party for the animals. They picked up five seats. That's a huge result, Harry. Five seats, 3.1% of the votes for the party for the animals. Uh, I wouldn't have thought Dutch voters were such massive fans of the 1960s Newcastle blues rockers, the animals. And who can blame them? Lead singer Eric Burden could, of course, blues the lava back into a volcano. Didn't all go uh, well for the 60s music-based parties, though. Uh, party for... Uh Partei voor de Hermiten von Hermann, no seats at all. Um, also, the Start Kundig Gereformia der Partei. Uh, I'm not sure of the translation. I think it's the Start Kunding, the Gereformier der Party. Um, the Young Blood, uh, they're the Dutch Youth Party. The SHKR, the Serbia Hans Kroll Reisbergen, uh, which is the Can't We Just Be Nice to Each Other Party. The NJVH. Uh, Nieskens Janssen von Hannigan, uh, van Hannigan, uh, small windmills police party, and of course the RCR, Renson Brink, Cruyff Rep, the Reformed Union for Civil Representation. Andy, aren't those the names of the players from the 1974 Dutch team that lost to Germany? Uh, I, was, I was hoping you, you wouldn't notice that one. But anyway, keeps them. There are so many parties in Dutch politics with their proportional representations, and there's a reasonable chance that just by getting the name out there, they might win a seat at the next election. Watch. Watch this space. You know, it's strange. I, do, I know very little about football, but the one thing I do know <laughs> is the roster of the 1974 Dutch football team. Strange. Yeah, well, I still can't believe they lost. Got overconfident. This guy Wilders is... Uh, is it Wilders or Wilders or... Wilders. 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 Uh, <laughs> all you really need to know about him, Buglers, is that... I mean, this gives some context, Harry. He lives in the Netherlands. Now, the Netherlands is famously one of the most relaxed, chilled out and laid back nations in the world. Few people are rated happier and more contented than the Dutch. And Geert Wilders has needed an armed bodyguard, 258366, for the last 13 years. That is how much of a disputatious, divisive shitbag he is. 
His, basic, his self-appointed role is to lance the non-existent boils of society with his rusty javelin of xenophobia and then to salve the resulting wounds with the chili-infused vinegar of intolerant opportunism. He is, in short, what European politics needs right now in the same way that Captain Scott, in the latter stages of his fateful, fatal South Pole expedition, needed a bikini. <laughs> also, Andy, do you know what I discovered from uh, reading this story? What's that? Belgium... And the Netherlands, two different places. <laughs> Can you believe that? I was worried, man, because I like Belgium. And I thought maybe that was just in the Netherlands. And apparently, if there is an immigration ban issue, like that, like Wilders wants, if they gain power in the Netherlands, I can still go to Belgium, and they still have soup waffles. So a win-win. Well, there's every every cloud. I mean, it's it just goes to show, you know, that democracy just it, it educates people about you know, all the Europe drifting to the right has made the rest of the world take an interest. In our continent. I mean, if and we, it's about time we had our say in the world, I think. If we had bombed the area, we might be familiar with it for some period of time. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's that, I mean, that is becoming increasingly <laughs> likely by the day. Um, I mean, it is quite hard at the moment to uh, keep up with all the global elections we need to be worrying about, as well as watching the quantity of sport needed to, remain, uh, to maintain some semblance of mental equilibrium in these times of global upheaval. But the, the French election... Uh, is uh, imminent. Um, and Marine Le Pen, the far-right candidate, she is uh, current odds with the bookmakers 11 to 4. So she's very, very unlikely to win. But hang on, those are significantly shorter odds than either Brexit or Trump. Oh, dear world. It's not over yet. Uh, the uh, favourite is the centre-left candidate Emmanuel Macron. Um... He's uh, 15 to 8 on, favourite. Please, Monsieur Macron, do not f*** it up. Or, as the French would say, ne la up f*** it pas, s'il vous plaît. He's very French, Macron, to the extent where his wife used to be his school teacher. Only France could do that. <laughs> Only France. <laughs> and he's been criticised for having no policies. And what I would say, Harry, is... Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> if only all politicians had no policies. If Donald Trump just stood there growling, I could take that. I could I could you know, I wouldn't like it, but I could take it. It's the words and ideas that I have problems with. I think this should be the blueprint for all politicians. <laughs> Let me just add that Europeans do not have a monopoly on uh, on crazy politicians. Uh, you might be familiar with, uh, you know what I'm talking about, the Iowa congressman, Steve King, um, <laughs> who... Well, you, you say I might be familiar with him. I wasn't familiar with him until you suggested we cover this story, and my life has significantly dipped in the 24 hours <laughs> since I started reading about Steve King. Well, I mean, he is very much influenced by, by Wilders, uh, which is very upsetting, and he tweeted something out that Wilders had said, and on top of that he wrote, we can't restore our civilization with somebody else's babies. So he's talking about, you know, uh, immigration, anti-immigration. We can't have brown babies because America, of course, has no history of black and brown babies since the beginning, obviously. <laughs> um, and so, you know, this created some, a, a bit of a, a firestorm. I mean, it's strange because if he was talking about aliens, like we can't be <laughs> having alien babies, I'd probably be with him initially 
until you know I fell in love with probably an alien, and then I'd reconsider and I can't and I probably question, you know, what I was, who I who I had become, you know, and it would be a film. <laughs> and uh, good film. Good film. Also, based on what he said regarding uh, we can't have someone else's babies, I'm assuming that means if you have a white American baby, either the government or Steve King owes you back child support. <laughs> well, does not slightly suggest that if you have a, a white American baby, that Steve King believes the government should co-opt that baby to build American civilization from birth. I mean, there's a number of things wrong with this. This, I mean, he said, like I said, let's repeat these words. We cannot restore our civilization with someone else's babies. Now, in some ways, he's both right and wrong. He's right because you cannot basically use babies to rebuild a full-blown civilization. But babies can barely build a Lego house. <laughs> Do not rely on babies for civilization. They are physically inept and emotionally fragile, <laughs> neither of which is a quality you want if you're trying to restore... So supposedly broken civilization. I mean, we've had monarchs in this country who were babies. We had, I thought, was it Henry III was like nine months old or something when he became king? And that, that didn't go completely swimmingly. Obviously, he's also wrong because when you look at the history of civilization on both sides of the Atlantic, as you've suggested, we needed someone else's babies to build our civilizations in the first place. In fact, I mean, as well as someone else's natural resources, someone else's food, someone else's lack of immunity to smallpox. And those people, understandably, eventually got a little bit stroppy about the way we were doing things. So basically, we're just not great at building civilizations without the key input of other people's babies that we've stolen. Also, some of the most uh, fundamental American things uh, have been influenced uh, you know, b by diversity, you know, like jazz is an American invention that obviously, uh, you know, comes from uh, black culture, you know, uh, baseball, uh, you know, it comes from the th from the UK and then uh, turns into something else and uh, is now huge in Latin America. Uh, me, the comedy of Hari Kondabolu, certainly <laughs> has been influenced by all sorts of things, not just American uh, you know, comedy history. So the, some of the most influential right. and important things uh, that America has contributed due to diversity. And um, you yourself were, at one point, so someone else's baby, weren't you? I mean, that's... Who's, who spread that rumor? Much how, how, <laughs> Are you spreading much a rumor? how you began, isn't it? I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm spreading a rumor. <laughs> that's what this show's all right. about. <laughs> uh, King Metz Wilders uh, last, uh, last year and tweeted uh, a photo with the caption, cultural suicide by demographic transformation must end. Um, which is, I mean, A, uh, soul-chillingly worrying, and B, what do you think? Well, cultural suicide by demographic isolation will probably guarantee you a much quicker kill. So, um, <laughs> old man. He's also, I mean, he is essentially living proof that democracy doesn't work. Uh, and he spoke out against the protests uh, of the San Francisco 49ers quarterback, Colin Kaepernick, that we, uh, I think we talked about on an uh, issue you were on before. Um, and he described them as activism that's sympathetic to ISIS. So refusing <sighs> to sing the national anthem at an American football game uh, in an effort to highlight the social injustices of American, uh, American life. I mean, is that high on the ISIS list? Uh, you know, and then... <laughs> 
Well, they're going through their weekly agenda. Number one, death to the infidel. Number two, archaeology is for dweebs. Number three, we really, really hate women. Number four, I really want to emphasise how much we hate women. And number five, I really think we need to use American football as a vehicle for protesting against racial inequality in the USA. <laughs> I'm not sure that is how ISIS works, Mr. King. I will say uh, that it, if it is true, way to go, American football, for increasing their global reach. Yeah. That's a new demographic. Yeah. Shows the power of sport. Another big disappointment this week for me uh, was that MSNBC, the American Cable News Network, um, claimed that Rachel Maddow, incredible reporter, who has an incredible show, um, had Donald Trump's tax returns. So, of course, we all tuned in like, well, Rachel Maddow's not going to let us down. This is finally the time. We were told an hour before the show, people tuning in. Apparently, more people tuned into that than like, uh, you know, the previous MSNBC program, that's that's something. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we find out that Rachel Maddow only had the first two pages of his 2005 tax return, <laughs> which doesn't list what he spent his money on or what, what the expenses are. It just says how much he made and how much he paid, which the White House also said before it came out. So it wasn't really news at that point. And... Uh, and also, they admitted that Trump could have planted it. So they're, they're basically right. saying that this may be a trap. What you are watching right now might be the media being fooled. <laughs> and that went for about an hour. I kept waiting for Rick Astley to pop up on screen. <laughs> I'm never going to give you up the you being the tax returns. <laughs> I was wondering if perhaps the tax returns were in Al Capone's vault. Um, that's a reference right. to uh, in the 1980s, the reporter Geraldo claimed that he was going to open Al Capone's vault where there might be many right. riches. And it was just, uh, I believe, a old bottle of gin or something like that. That's a that is a niche reference. Yeah. I, I, I admire that. That is a road I, we've never gone down before I, on the bugle. Yeah, Al Capone's vault. I, I knew you would. <laughs> the whole thing was very oh. disappointed. Essentially, it was Beyonce only releasing 10 seconds of Lemonade. Which you know was, which was heartbreak. It was just heartbreaking for me because this was going to be the most exciting tax revelation since um, since this was going to be the most exciting tax revelation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in terms of great scoops of journalistic history, this is. I mean, it's it, it's not great. It's not Watergate, is it? You know, publishing something that was already public domain and isn't particularly interesting. Basically, showing that Trump did pay some tax a long time ago. Um, I mean, there's other. You know, we got similar scoops here. Uh, just breaking now, the news that um, uh, well, the, the huge story here. This could rock the royal family to its foundations. Allegations that the Queen had sex with both the Lord High Admiral of the UK and the royal chief of the Papua New Guinean order of Logahu, and had at least one child by each of them. Where does this leave our monarchy? What will Prince Philip or the Duke of Edinburgh, her two current squeezes, think? Well, they, they probably don't care because they are, they are all one and the, those are just titles of the, of the, of the Duke, Duke of Edinburgh. I mean, it's by, by, the Queen had children with her husband. That is what that story has been. I mean, that's, I think, on a level with the Rachel Maddow scoop. Also, I probably think it's on the level of... Uh, 
breaking news, Netherlands and Belgium, two different countries. <laughs> Which was a big one for me. Now, Hari, on uh, your previous appearances on The Bugle, uh, you have been uh, landed with some uh, pretty undiluted Trump. Um, and I did promise, on uh, I think the last two times you've been on, that we would try to keep that to an absolute minimum. Now, clearly, as always, there are some pretty massive stories breaking from the world of Trump. So to keep a lid on it, we are going to have to... We are keeping this week's trumpet section to an absolute maximum of three minutes. The Trumpet. Go, get it all off your chest. Uh, Trump apparently took a climate change uh, off his uh, agenda... So I'm assuming Trump and other super wealthy people don't care about climate change on Earth because they plan to go to Mars. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand how Trump supporters are supporting a man who's going to take away their health care. Trump supporters are the kids who do homework for rich and cool kids, hoping they'll be rich and cool by association. And from personal experience, trust me, they will not. <laughs> Have you done a lot of research into that? Yeah, that was uh, that was I was uh, method acting for most of my youth. <laughs> also, foreign aid has been slashed, which is a slightly odd thing to do for a president who wants to stop people moving to America to cut funding on one of the things that will help people stay where they are. It's uh, reminiscent of when my great aunt Petula May, worried about bees getting into her vintage Ferrari, defended her vintage Ferrari by guarding it with a giant slab of jam. It, it makes that much sense. I'm sick of the media constantly uh, doing stories about Trump's tweets. Like, Trump's tweets are basically his fiddle. He's basically just being like, hey, look over here. And each time it is effective, I mean, one hour after Trump tweets that Obama wiretapped him, an accusation of historic proportions, he tweets that Arnold Schwarzenegger ruined The Apprentice. Same person. <laughs> within an hour of each other had moved on to Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Senate Intelligence Committee said there was no evidence that Trump Tower was ever under surveillance by the US government before the election, to which I would respond, A, of course not. The mere suggestion is obviously the deluded ramblings of a medically certifiable And B, why the f*** was it not under surveillance? I mean, I listened in with a yoghurt pot and a piece of string when I was in New York last autumn, and it was clear there was some seriously weird stuff going on inside that tower. But really weird, like trying to get a racist, sexist tycoon elected as president. You don't want to let that kind of stuff slip under the radar, America. <laughs> tap, tap. Also, uh, breaking news, uh, allegations out there were both wires and taps uh, in both Trump Tower and the White House during the election campaign simultaneously. You can draw your own conclusions from that. During the joint session, Donald Trump said, it is reckless to allow uncontrolled entry from places where proper vetting cannot occur. He is proof of this. <laughs> Keep him in his own tower. He could be like the 21st century Rapunzel. <laughs> Trump has rebooted his definitely not a Muslim ban, ban on Muslims, um, and he's insisted uh, that he's not a ban on Muslims. And the problem for Trump is that, that he did put on his own website a statement calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the US. So... The problem for Trump is he, he laid his cards on the table and then he took a screenshot of that table with the cards on it and put it on his website and then took a photo of himself rubbing the cards suggestively on his crotch and tweeted it with a hashtag saying, I'm a feminist. <laughs> Another uh, reason why Donald Trump doesn't care about global warming is because, uh, you know, he's the devil and it's hot in hell. <laughs> 
I remember thinking last year, who are all these people who keep falling for the Nigerian prince scam in 2016? <laughs> and then after Trump was elected, I had my answer. <laughs> Andy, I'm glad that uh, we kept uh, that segment as short as we did. I know a lot of the uh, Bugle listeners were very uh, upset uh, that we kept talking about Trump when I was on. They were getting bored of it. So, I, you know, I think we should let them know if other catastrophic world events do occur, like an alien invasion or a meteor hitting the Earth, we'll be sure to keep it short. <laughs> Sorry for boring you with our alien invasion and a meteor hitting the Earth. Your emails now. Uh, this came from Neil, um, who writes, I, I've enjoyed the return to Weekly Bugles. Um, the only complaint I have about the new format is that there is far too much coverage of politics, as you re- just suggested, Harry, and not nearly enough stories about teenagers drawing cocks and balls on their parents' roof. <laughs> uh, I mean, this goes right back Bugle number 69, wasn't it? The uh, cock on roof episode. It was, a, it was a huge story, Hari. Um, and basically, this kid drew... It was about 50 metres long, wasn't it? This, yeah. But it, basically, imagine a helipad, but shaped like an enormous set of male glunches. Um, Neil continues, In a hope to rectify this, I enclose a link to a quite incredible um, headline. Model who vowed to give 19,419,507 blowjobs to meet man with bionic penis. Which... <laughs> Sounds like the most awesome crossword clue ever written. Uh, she, uh, this, um, she, um, yeah, everyone who voted no in the recent Italian referendum, apparently. Um, and that's going to be hard to, I mean, logistically, that is, that is an issue. It's like Batman versus Superman for the depraved. Yeah. <laughs> More so. I had that as an ed- a review of one of my Edinburgh shows once. <laughs> Well, we will uh, keep looking up. And maybe, Harry, next time you're on the show, you can bring a story about a, a, someone painting a penis on a roof. I might paint that penis on a roof just to have the story. <laughs> you do that. You do that. Make your own story. That's the way journalism <laughs> works these days. And we are, of course, a journalistic outlet. Uh, do keep your emails coming in to hellobuglers at thebuglepodcast.com. Sport now, and a huge week in horse racing here. Uh, the horses have been steeplechasing each other all over the place at Cheltenham, uh, the Cheltenham uh, Horsey Festival, very much the Cheltenham Literary Festival of the horse racing <laughs> world, um, and some wonderful races. And we at The Bugle, we have uh, exclusive commentary for non-gamblers on the big horse races from Cheltenham. Uh, including the Sir Postman Pat Memorial Stakes, which took place on Thursday. Exclusive commentary for people who don't like gambling. <laughs> and here come a load of horses. Uh, they're all running fast. It's a terrific race, this. The late Sir Pat will be loving this. Were he here today? They're coming up to a fence, up and over the fence. It's hard to tell what they're thinking, the horses. They're not giving much away facially, but the little folk on top of them are getting quite worked up. Some horses going faster than the other ones now, now they're slowing down. Uh, that seems to be the end of it. There was one at the front, the brown one, then uh, then a grey one and some more brown ones, all with f- four legs. Great sport. <laughs> well, the big sports uh, story in America is that the March Madness has started. That is the NCAA 
uh, tournament, the college basketball tournament, where colleges from all over the country compete, 64 to begin with in Division One, and they play for weeks at a time, and it's, uh, it's very exciting. Uh, none of the athletes get paid. However, uh, billions of dollars is made for television networks and their colleges, which is very American to have, up, <laughs> you know, to have unpaid labor to make others very rich. I mean, honestly, that is the most right. American thing. <laughs> it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? The, uh, I mean, the, the, obs- the obsession. Because I was in America one March uh, a few years ago, and um, I remember see- I saw Barack Obama, who was then uh, president, um, and took some time off from um, installing secret wires in other people's blocks of flats. <laughs> uh, to- and he took half an hour on a TV show to do his bracket for the uh, for March Madness to. Um, Say who he thought was going to win, and you know, right through to the to the final. I thought, I mean, it's one thing taking the time to do that. What concerned me a hell of a lot more, Harry, was how much he knew about it. Did he not have more important stuff to do than think about unpaid student basketball? I mean, he must have had an earpiece of some sort. People must have been feeding him things, right? Dude, well, I hope so. I mean, I would hope I, mean, I would, would have hoped he'd have just broken down in tears and saying, "Oh God, it's so nice not to have to talk about terrible, terrible <laughs> things." Who, who's your money on this year for the? Uh, for, for, and why is it called March Madness? I mean, what element of? I mean, how mad is it? Um, well, there's a lot of last-second kind of buzzer-beater type games, and often like right. teams ranked like you know, if, if it's one through sixteen for each piece of each uh, division so all the whenever like right. a lower seed beats a higher seed it's a it's a really big deal um i don't really and i mean who who how, how was harvard gonna do this year i imagine they're absolutely sensational at, at they basketball. made the ivy league finals and then lost the ivy league teams are always right. really funny to watch because they're really fundamentally sound Right. It's, a, it's a very boring type of basketball, is what I'm saying. It is, but it's fundamentally it's as if they read the book like a manual. They read the the rule book like a manual and are playing by those rules. that are very strict. Right. So they like wander around with you know great big works of philosophy tucked under one right. arm. <laughs> also, uh, we had the f- uh, final of Crufts last 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 week, which was one. You'll be delighted to know, Harry, by an American Cocker Spaniel. Ooh. I don't know if the dog itself was American, but the, the breed is called the American Cocker Spaniel. The dog was called Afterglow Miami Inc. But this did not go down well with dog fans. They branded the winning dog a pompous, fancy thing. And when I say they, I mean one person on Twitter. Uh, others call, called the winning dog a joke. It was very, very groomed. I mean, this, you know, the American Cocker Spaniel is a... Is a gun dog essentially. It's a it's a, it's a hunting hunting accessory. Uh, well, of course, you'd expect that from an American cocker spaniel. British cocker spaniels, of course, are prepared to let the police do their work. Um, it's not gun dogs that kill pheasants. Uh, remember, it's people with gun dogs and, and guns. <laughs> and anyway, uh, I don't know. Is there is there an American equivalent of Crufts, Harry, where you know the great dogs of America get to strut their funky stuff? Oh yeah, there's the uh, Westminster uh, Dog Show. I imagine it's basically like the Super Bowl, is it? Oh, it's huge like, here. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, I believe uh, a dog won last uh, dog right. show. <laughs> Thanks for that insight. Um, other dogs uh, had a good uh, a good Crofts, uh, as well as Afterglow Miami Inc. Um, uh, Spritzel Plank Gravidlax, that's a Rusitanian <laughs> Labradoxer, 
renowned for being able to bark the theme tune to the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, he won in the coveted stupidest prance category. The doggy free dance was won by a very sweet little uh, crimple-head miniature Bavarian schnitzel hound called Virus Death Machine, uh, barely the size of a family-sized spam fritter, but stole the heart of the crafty crowd with her winning dog interpretation of the death of Cleopatra. And, of course, the big star of day one of Crufts, champion herpes of Jiggledick, a long-snouted Ecuadorian protriever. That's the type of dog that fetches the stick before you've even thrown it, the protriever. <laughs> and uh, he made up for his disappointment in the North Korean National Dog Show when he was, of course, disqualified for humping a warhead. Um, uh, and uh, he's been on much better form since having his clonkles chopped off. And he won the most other dogs' asses sniffed in a minute's competition, clocking up a personal best of 34 in the final. And he got very excited when presented with his uh, go- golden bone by Porthos, the... Uh, Former musker hound from the 1980s animated children series Dog Tanyon and the Three Musker Hounds. So uh, it was nice to meet you, celebrity hero. Uh, I, know, I, in fact, uh, I went to the uh, I went to the post match press conference and uh, asked Afterglow Miami Inc. how he was uh, dealing with his newfound celebrity. Afterglow, Andy Zaltzman, the Bugle. Uh, congratulations uh, on on your win. Um, how do you feel about being judged so much on uh, on your physical appearance? Do, do you feel uh, undervalued and demeaned by that? No, Andy. I know I look great. I'm happy with how I look. And if other dogs want to look like me, well, that's just good too. Where is that dog from? I told you, it's American. <laughs> Which era of America? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Alaska (laughs) pre-1860. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Bugle. Uh, Don't forget, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, to come to every single one of my shows aforementioned uh, in the show, andysaltzman.co.uk, for details. Uh, I'll also tweet uh, tweet them out. Harry, have you got any uh, shows you'd like to plug? Yes, I do. Um, Good. In New York City uh, this Sunday, uh, March 19th, I will be doing a show with my brother, the Untitled Kundabolu Brothers Project at Littlefield. Uh, we would love for you to be there. 323, March 23rd through uh, March 26th, Sacramento Punchline. April 26th, uh, The Cedar in Minneapolis. April 27th through the 29th, Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin. And, of course, on uh, May 4th through May 7th, Caroline's on Broadway, uh, New York City. Also, Politically Reactive, the podcast I do with W. Kamau Bell, returns on March 29th. And I have albums out and uh, a surprise album dropping any day now. Cool. There you go, Buglers. Uh, Buy all of those things and (laughs) give them as... As uh, wedding presents. Uh, Andy, how much do you like Radiotopia? Uh, I love Radiotopia an indescribable amount, so I will not describe it. How much, therefore, do you like the Knight Foundation? The uh, Knight Foundation, awesome. One of my favourite foundations. And how much do you love MailChimp? Um, uh, well, I love all, all genders of chimp, but um, <laughs> MailChimp in particular is very good at what it does. Uh, thanks very much for listening, Buglers. We'll be back next week with uh, Nish Kumar. Now, the big story this week in Britain has obviously been the, uh, the Scottish referendum making a dramatic comeback, um, and we will be discussing that and other things with Nish uh, next week. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye, Buglers.
Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss Lime Bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.